Right, guys, what's up? Welcome. Um, I almost said, was thinking in my head, welcome back, but this is the first episode. So this is the Get to Know podcast with myself, Dara Allen, and Alexander Freshwater. Um, this first episode, like the full podcast, we're going to try to keep this pretty informal. And it's pretty much just like a chat. Um, obviously, there will be some follow-up episodes. We're going to things in a little bit more detail. We'll have more specific topics. But essentially, our goal of this podcast is kind of like put some useful information out there in a very digestible manner. Um, because we find like it, there seems to be a large dichotomy, whereas like things are really casual or it's like overly scientific. And we're trying to bridge that gap, find that middle ground um, and deliver something that's useful, practical, but also like in an entertaining format. Um, so, yeah, like a lot, pretty much all these episodes are going to be like very intuitive, very sporadic. And there will be some form of structure and we will be planning on getting a good few guests on board. Um, but without further ado, this first episode is an introduction to the two of us. So Alex, you want to take it away first, tell the people who you are, what you've done previously, where you're planning on going. Go yeah, so welcome everybody. Uh, yeah, so I'm Alex, um, if you don't know me already. Um, where am I currently at? So currently I'm working out of facility in Buffalo, um, which is the lead physique. I do what's called training there and also mix that up with online coaches. So I've got a couple of guys on stage this year uh, for men's physique, uh, which I am incredibly excited about to bring them to stage. So it's uh, following, yeah, following my year last year in terms of success. Like that's what really has driven me into wanting to progress into that kind of that, that space, if that makes sense. Um, it's a little bit like you, isn't it, Dara? Like you've got people on stage this year, haven't you? Yeah, a couple, um, few finished off shoots as well. And again, it's trying to like just transition and move people up along that spectrum. And, and I suppose it's like an empowering thing. You want to show people what they're actually capable yeah. of. Um, and I think that's one of the topics that we'll talk about like more so on today's episode is how there seems to be this kind of like rigidity or nearly like an overly competitiveness within the industry. Um, yeah. Obviously, it's gotten so much better. Like it's not really a taboo thing anymore. Um but yeah, it's, it's kind of like showing people what we've gotten from this and not like to say, oh, bodybuilding has to be your life or fitness or like physique development, but more so like these are things and habits that can really complement your life and they are accessory and and they do translate and, and as I said, complement other aspects of your life as well. Um, because I'm sure that both of us have like developed a lot more self-awareness through kind of like our endeavors in bodybuilding Exactly. That's, that's uh that's something that i've experienced as well so it's like there is a competitive aspect <clears throat> like there's always going to be that competitive nature between athlete to athlete coach to coach um and that's you know that's that's there and that's kind of like underrooting at the end of the day it's a competitive sport um but ultimately when you find a group of athletes that are kind of like collaboratively together um they back each other yeah. know, like implicitly if that makes sense and that's a beautiful thing to see yeah and i'm all about that is the more that you can and this is one thing that i learned through my journey is the more that you can back other people either it comes for you uh, and like the nerves and everything else like that completely subside yeah especially as like a first time competitor for yourself last year like you just kind of threw yourself in there and very yeah. with other people and supportive and you get that back and then that, I think that alleviates a lot of the stress and doubt that you have whereas yeah. I think when people are very reserved about this and they try to do this 
kind of like on the hush. They'll like maybe prefer a photo shoot and like try not to tell anyone. I understand mm-hmm. the thought process there, like trying to minimize expectations to kind of reduce stress, but like in doing so, you also minimize your support network, which is something that like we shouldn't really undervalue at all. So yeah, I think it's a, a very kind of important point. Um, but yeah, kind of just going back on and an introduction to myself uh, for context. So I am online coach, um, physique, well, I suppose bodybuilding better. Um, I've competed four or five years ago, five years ago, I think, as a junior. And then I was prepping a couple of years ago when shows got cancelled. I think it was four weeks out, working with Cal, who obviously coaches you and is top, top level coach. Um, and yeah, since then, it's once kind of getting some exposure and realizing like the standard and where you can go and the positive influence you can have on other people, like that's that's what kind of gave me the drive. I was like, right, I want to do this. This is something that I can see myself doing for a long period of time. Um, and since then, I've just kind of thrown myself into it. I did have an undergraduate degree in, well, I still do, um, in sport and exercise science. Um, and then I started doing online coaching on the side when I was working another job and then kind of made that transition to personal training just again to be in that better environment to get that support network mm-hmm. um, and since then it's just been courses left right center and um, as we've talked about engaging with other people and since yeah. then I've moved from Dublin over here to Manchester and um, again for that community aspect but I do think like some of our viewers, listeners, whatever, will be Irish-based. Um, but I do think that culture is definitely grown. And it's something that, like, I'd love to see. Like, I didn't move over here to avoid that lack of culture. But it's like, right, we can learn from this and apply it yeah. back in Ireland. And um, Yeah, I suppose kind of like background. So how, how was it for you when you got into it? Like, what kind of support network did you have? And um, So I didn't have any friends. Yeah, so I didn't really have anything. Like when I first got into bodybuilding, like I only did it for me. So when I got out of um, out of rehab, essentially, uh, if you don't know, guys, I'm in long term recovery. Just yeah. to just place that there. Um, so when I got out of rehab, that's kind of really what drove me to want to turn do a complete U turn uh, and invest into myself to become something that I didn't think was possible. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because my background isn't sports. <clears throat> So when I, I when I went to university, I did law. Uh, so I did law for four years, qualified to be a solicitor, and then realized that that's nothing I want to do. <laughs> um, the complete U-turn for me was uh, literally just from from a self development and self development perspective of I want to become something that I didn't think I was possibly or physically possible to. Um, and that I had to build knowledge and 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 get in touch with the right people. Um, and then along came Callum along that journey. Um, and that's possibly the best thing that I ever did in terms of my overall development as an individual, especially most definitely as an athlete and as a coach, because of the, the information that I learned from him, um, it's invaluable. Like he is a you know, top peer coach in the day. Um, so yeah, to have myself aligned with that, that was, uh, one of the best things that I've ever done. Yeah. Just a um, quick one. Is your mic a little bit loose? It just kind of jumped out a little bit there. It just sounded like the wire was a little bit loose. Um, but anyway, I think that's a, a, another topic that we're definitely going to go into and probably do a full episode is like on that rehabilitative standpoint that, and yeah. what we've learned from that because 
again, like we're trying to show this whole self-development and where you can take things. And I think that would give a lot of context and a lot of valuable information um, for people. And again, it's not to say like to do this, you have to have done an undergraduate oh, exactly. or yeah. you have to be out of rehab. But um, <laughs> it just shows like there, there is a spectrum, you know what I mean? And anyone can kind of, no, no matter your, your starting point and your current whereabouts, you can make this transition. Yeah, you're going to work into this and again it doesn't have to be full time like appreciating that like for a lot of people this is just a hobby and that's what we want to show is like this can be a hobby and it can be enjoyable because hobbies are supposed to be we're trying to ameliorate and just get rid of that kind of competitive nature or not completely get rid of it but like the I suppose the fear that comes along with it for a lot of people yeah. I, I think as well though like if you don't have that fear you're not pushing hard enough. You're not in the right space. Does that yeah. make sense? Like there's a certain element of fear and desire to want to be successful and want to achieve that really does drive you hard. Um, if you're just like, like completely like overwhelmed by the fear of, of failure, et cetera, et cetera, then, you know, there's, there's things that you can do in order to overcome that, like trying to work, yeah. um, like yeah. reaching out with people, like, uh, I like getting a coach. That would be the first thing that I would consider doing, you know, like I want to get into bodybuilding. What is it I need to do? Yeah. Um, so yeah. It's a surefire way to fast track it. You know what I mean? Like there yeah. is, like you're taking out all the guesswork and obviously you get out of it when you put into it. It's not just getting a coach to outsource that and then have them do the work for you. It's them <laughs> to like answer the questions that are relevant and to give you a reliable answer. Um, yeah. And that comes from like, developing rapport with that client and understanding like who they are as a person where they've been and i think that's kind of like i suppose like like a shameless plug in terms of like why we were doing this podcast is like to show people who we are yeah. and that they can kind of like understand our perspective understand where we've come from and then if they find our information and opinion to be valuable then it's like right this is someone i can turn to but yeah. Also, like equally, like when I started out, I didn't have a coach for a good few years. I prepped myself for my first show. And there is a lot. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot that you learn from that. A lot of mistakes. <laughs> and essentially, that's what, what all my coaching is, is based around. It's like, these are the mistakes that I've made. Let's not make these. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, you, can, you can learn a lot online, but there is going to be a lot of shit information online. <laughs> I think there is not like the practical application of working with for example, on the gym floor, working with clients on the gym floor of a myriad of different individuals from people who they don't actually have a specific goal in mind. You know, they're the most difficult ones to work with. And I think for, for us as like physique um, competitors and, and as physique coaches now, the people that come to us have a clear goal in mind. And it's like, how do we apply our knowledge base to that to get you from A to B, if that makes sense. But yeah. working on a gym floor, you have gen pop uh client clientele who don't really know what it is that they want to achieve they just want to get fit quote unquote yeah. um and i think that's the most difficult one to work with but if you can actually manage that and work with a, a different selection of people uh with different goals etc on the gym floor and get that experience i think that's been invaluable especially from my perspective in order yeah. for me to to get to who i am now yeah like it the more like you learn about culture like when I started off my education, obviously, yeah, it was like degree based, was university based. Um, and then outside of that, once you're kind of continuing to like learn, you realize there's so much more of it is like the 
the psychotherapy, psych- psychology approach and like, understanding people on a one-to-one level. And like for the ones you said there, don't have a goal of being difficult to work with. Like, yes and, and no, because like once you understand their personality, you can then try and cultivate that goal. Yeah. You work with them to put that in place. It's not as if you're like, okay, I haven't got a goal. We're going to go do burpees or like, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> you, don't just, you don't just put them through movements and exercises for the sake of it. It's okay. like you see how they respond to different stressors, how they are with their training. Try to optimize what they're currently doing. And then once you kind of see them going in the right direction, you're like, right, let, let's give it a more specific direction. And creating that specificity like allows more... I suppose psychological uh, intent or buy-in to that goal. So instead of just saying, "Oh, I want to get fit," it's like, right, we set something in place. We work backwards to construct a timeline from that. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, you could take that example and just say, like, right, for someone who wants to do maybe, um, maybe have no interest in a photo shoot, but it's like, right, let's see if you can we can get you up to like double body weight deadlift. Like arbitrary numbers, but just having yeah, something yeah, yeah. specific as a target that they're going to enjoy um, and give some kind of directional purpose because we know it's like if, if there's no specificity, it's very easy to get distracted. And most people, I suppose, fall into that trap of like skinny fat and they're like, mm, I'm too, <laughs> I don't have enough muscle to diet, but I'm also too fat to gain. You know what I mean? Like they try to do both at the one time and it's not to say it can't be done, but it's fucking slow. And then when you're not getting that visual kind of feedback, you're not seeing yourself improve at the rate you'd want, it becomes very disheartening. Mm. So that's why we, I'm sure you're the exact same. Is like when you have a client after working with them for a bit of a time frame, you might do it straight out the gate. But once you understand them, it's like, right, let's choose where we're going. Let, let's have a timeline and set a date on that. Because again, that specificity just brings so much more kind of directed focus and intent to what you're actually doing yeah, but that's exactly i had exactly that this week so i had a console with the guy and he was um he said i want to lose weight but i want to build muscle and i was like okay <laughs> which one's the bigger priority you know and it's 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 getting them to make a decision based on on themselves and evaluating that. um like a, a big part of me <clears throat> with regards to the way that i set people up is let's goal set before we move forwards yeah, and then it's like what short term, medium term, and long term goals. Where do you ultimately see yourself? Um, and then what do we need to do in order to do that and, and fill the gaps? Like, let's create movement, let's create behaviors and patterns of behavior around that uh, in order for us to get there. Because going to the gym and following a plan is a very small part of it. Um, the behaviors and the way that you're you're working away is I can see as a coach. Uh, yeah, that is where the magic happens, if that makes sense, like nutrition and everything else around that. Um, so yeah, it's it's a it's kind of an important one in order to to ground those goals and and make sure they are deeply rooted and they actually mean something. So it's not just saying I want to do I want to lose weight and that's my most important thing. Yeah, but why? Yes. What is it that's so important? And, and and tell me exactly why it's so important. Some people don't really understand why they have to legitimize why it's their goal. But ultimately, if their if their goal isn't deep and set and rooted, then you're never going to get it to fruition. And it's the same as somebody who wants to compete. Um, getting to stage is not easy uh, in any way, shape, or form. Shape or form. But if somebody says, oh, "I just want to compete for fun," okay, but what happens when it gets really fucking difficult? You know, it's like 
Because it's going to get really start to dip off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fun, the fun starts to dip off about eight weeks out, and then you start having to grind, or you, you you're not going to meet it. Like I've been there. I've been in that situation of like myself. Like I think it was about six to seven weeks out and I was absolutely fucked <laughs> like yeah. I had nothing left in the tank like prep brain was real I my body hurt I had to get up every day to go to work I was getting cardio done at 4 a.m in order to get everything done but then my cutoff was about 2 p.m in the afternoon and if I didn't have everything done by about that time I was in a, it was in a lot of trouble <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah um yeah and that's the thing it's like we can actually bring this back again we're not going to go down like rabbit holes and go overly scientific but for anyone who wants to kind of like read up a little bit more like if you understand like maslow's hierarchy of needs basically a pyramid of like what your core foundational needs are which obviously like air water food and so on and as you move up that pyramid it becomes more like safety uh, i think it's like love and affection and then like self-esteem and then it's like self-actualization whereas i think a lot of people are kind of at that midpoint where it's like they're probably doing it for the love and affection. Like they're trying to get that social approval from other people. Um, or maybe it is to boost their self-esteem, which again, that's justifiable. But if we can get to that top, top tier, because it's like in descending order of importance of like self-actualization is like, I want to do this to prove that like I'm capable of doing something like this and like it's something that you would associate with your personality and your values of like okay i want to do this photo shoot to show that like i'm someone who can commit to something for a long period of time and basically just show my not as if like your full net worth is going to be based off how you look peeled because that's a very shallow thing to say but it's more so um like the principles of like your character and then how well you can actually follow through with that when things get difficult and like not just throwing in the towel and saying look like you had here it's like oh, i'm not going to do cardio because i have clients at 6 a.m it's like well there's time before that yeah, i can yeah. just move my alarm clock a little bit earlier and um, but yeah i think that's that's another really really valuable it's, it's an interesting one though is like that self-actualization is exactly what i was taught in rehab and recovery is that like what's your reason for getting clean and the reason for getting clean has to be for no no one other than yourself. Yeah. And you want it. Because if it's for your family or for a partner, spouse, dog, whatever it is, or for staying money, what happens when they go? Yeah. What happens if yeah. that disappears? Because ultimately, if, if it's for someone that's external to yourself, then it's deep-rooted. It's not deep-rooted enough. It's kind of like if they leave you, then you're going to relapse. Does that make sense? Um, so that, that yeah, that self-actualization is a really important thing is that that's one of the things that got me through <laughs> through through prep and in some respects is that is like I'm doing this because I need, to, I need to prove it. Like I need to show myself that I can do it. Yeah. Um, is, I, yeah. I suppose similar for myself, like I do have a sporting background, but like I was diagnosed with osteoarthritis in my knee when I was like 14 I had surgery on it when I was 15 like it's not something that like the surgery itself wasn't incredibly successful I still struggle with it but like I was playing a lot of sport like big football fan big football family like that was who I was that was my identity mm-hmm. and when that got taken away from me it's kind of like oh shit what else do I have and you're kind of in this limbo period and then it's like you need this you need something else to show your character and show your self-worth and not just kind of like,
be reliant on that and also say like right there's probably more to me than like someone who plays football you know what I mean like, I would have I think I know I was young at the time and everything's like rosy um, but like at the end of the day you do have to kind of build a, build a career I, I know I wasn't going to be a pro footballer like I'm not deluded um, <laughs> but like yeah it's as I said these things should be complementary and then like the lessons you learn from doing these things translate and carry over into like your relationship with other people how you talk to other people like I found myself being a much better communicator with other people and actually understanding other people much better and from kind of like embarking on this coaching journey and as I said like moving a lot of my education more so towards a psychological approach Mm. and and how you kind of understand people you do need to have that underpinning of actually knowing what the fuck you're doing like as a coach as well like some foundational level of like anatomy physiology and if you're going to go go down the pharmacological route you should probably know your shit there but yeah i think from getting the most out of people um so much is just psychologically Mm. there's that all that the the stuff that's come out recently um with um way that people should and shouldn't coach <laughs> um, yeah. you know, I think there's a, there's a great deal of it's a balance act here from from my perspective is yes there's things a coach should absolutely not do to with people or say to people but equally sometimes you need to to like literally push someone in the right direction and sometimes you have to have those those tough conversations that yeah. you don't really want to have with uh, with a client yeah um, to get them to sort their shit out, basically in the, yeah. in the nicest possible terms. Yeah, that's ultimately the role of a of a coach is that you can't be nicey nicey all the time, uh, being like, "Oh, you're doing so great," even when it's not. <laughs> like yeah. you have you have to hold them accountable, and you have to do your job as a coach in order to keep people moving. Yeah. So as you said, it is that balance next between like understanding your shit. Um, have an empathy for the person in front of you, but then also like some level of authority and like having it done so yourself. And that's again, like from me prepping myself first time around, for me going through another prep and actually being on prep now again. And even between those phases, like still showing that discipline and like the ability to stay on track. And especially when things aren't going according to plan, because like your success isn't predicated on plan A, because plan A isn't always going to be there. You know what I mean? Like, yes, having a good plan is, like, essential to kind of get things moving, but you have to show some level of adaptability and understanding in how to adjust and pivot that plan. Mm. Um, But, yeah, having, like, the authority and, like, having done so yourself, you now can talk to people like that. Whereas a lot of people getting into this now, they might read a few books on anatomy, physiology, or they might go down the psychology route, but their words don't really hold much weight because they've never been over 100 kilo with like not stupid amounts of body fat. They haven't yeah. been skin condition wise, you know what I mean? So um, yeah, I, I think so much of what we talk about, there will be a dichotomy and there will be some form of balancing act um, mm. between the two. But that's essentially kind of like where coaching stands fundamentally, like successful and productive coaching is going to be that middle ground. Mm. 
not not constantly yeah. middle ground. You know what I mean? There are some people and circumstances that you're gonna have to go more so and just say shut the fuck up. Like this is what, <laughs> this is what it takes. And then others are gonna need an arm around the shoulder and like yeah. jump exactly. on the ball. It's reading the room in that respect and, and knowing your client um, and building that relationship. That, that takes time. Mm. Um, that takes time in order to do. It's, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's like if things don't start off in the right direction, it's like, okay, well, we need to sort things out because people don't have the same drive and motivation for me. Like you may want to step on stage, but like if, if Callum, for example, gives me a plan or nutrition <laughs> i say nutrition lightly <laughs> um if, if callum gives me stuff to do i'm going away and doing it yeah. like don't ask me twice like yeah. I'm off off i go like I, I will i will smash the shit out of it but that's me because my drivers and, and my desire it's a big goal like i don't like using the terminology going for my pro card i hate that terminology but it's like it is an incredibly big goal like ultimately if the if that comes to fruition from where i was at to where i'm going that would be huge like for me uh, that would be absolutely massive so that's 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 the ideal and that's the idyllic situation that's that's the that's the game plan for next year <clears throat> but if that if that doesn't come off kind of go with um and that's that's me yeah and it comes down to like your habits that you exude on a daily basis mm. and like yes you're going for your pro card next year but like in your head, like I've heard Josh Bridgman talk about this years ago, and he's a perfect example because from day one, he has been a pro in terms of like how he carries himself, his day to day actions, and like years of that um, intent, that focus, that work, that drive is what cultivated to get him his actual pro card last year. He was a pro for years, but now he actually has the pro card status to justify that. And again, it, it just comes down to like. Yeah, like just exuding those habits and being that person so that like when something is asked of you, it's it's a no-brainer, it's getting done. You know what I mean? And because you understand and respect and trust the opinion of your coach. Yeah. Um yeah. another thing that you said was like knowing your client, and that also doubles back to like what we said at the start, is like you can't know your client, you can't know the person in front of you until you really know yourself. Yeah. And that's what we have learned from our own experiences with regards to kind of prepping ourselves, rehab, whatever it is, or just general self-awareness. You know what I mean? You don't have to do either of those things, but like just being a little bit more, it's a very airy-fairy term and people hate, like I hate the overuse of it, but just mindfulness. Yeah. And just checking in with yourself and understanding that kind of hierarchy of like where you're going, what's valuable to you. That's imperative in terms of like your capacity to generate long-term success. I, I would, uh, I would tell people definitely don't go to rehab. <laughs> that would be my last thing is like, Alex, how do I become more self-aware? Go to rehab. Please yeah. don't do that. That is uh, the last thing you want to be doing. Um, but yeah, no, you, you're, you're completely bang on the money there in terms of that self-actualization of, of how do I get myself to become more. And exactly as Joe said as well with the, I've been a pro for years. It is that repetitive nature. Like bodybuilding is so repetitive. Um yeah everything you do is repetitive like sometimes with my clients i won't change things for a long period of time because things are working yeah and they're like why aren't you changing it and i was like because it doesn't need to be changed like you're doing you're doing exactly right we're seeing the results we, we, we whatever the, the phase we're, we're going, there's nothing that needs to be changed it's not because i'm like i fancy it on the day it's like no nah, well you know it's because you know as coaches we look at it um objectively 
and think, okay, well, this is exactly where we're at. This is where we're going. This is what I see. Your checking photos are, are saying and stipulating this. So let's just hold. Yeah. Let's hold yeah. exactly where it is. And I think that's the, uh, that's the beauty of it. If somebody is literally not needing any changes, it's all good. Yeah. I think so many people get disheartened because especially with the gen pop or just people who are newer to stuff, they thrive on novelty and just yeah. something different. And again, it's not to say, oh, we have to keep shit the exact same because like, look, for some people at the start, if you understand them, you understand their psychology and the fact that they're going to get uninterested, they're going to lose that kind of motivation if it is overly repetitive. You can make little novel adjustments for the sake of it. You know what I mean? It is literally, at that stage, it is for the sake of it, in air quotes, but it has a purpose if you're changing things to keep them more psychologically bought in. Um, but it, it would be a very infrequent basis because obviously that would potentially slow things down if we're talking like physiologically or like what's optimal. But yeah, I think kind of finding that middle ground and again, just knowing the person in front of you. Yeah, what's enjoyable. Mm. Yeah. I, think enjoy, I think enjoyment for a lot of people is, I don't I don't mind doing the same thing. Sometimes I will get to the point where I take my message Callum being like, can I have a new training block because I'm bored as shit. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I, you, having that relationship with the coaches, like I've milked for what it's worth. I've done everything that I need to do. I physically can't face going back into the gym and doing the same thing. Um, you know, and that sometimes is, that's a really important thing. But I think for, for people that are, are on the start of their journey, that novelty will wear off quite quickly unless you kind of, they are seeing initial results quite, quite soon. Uh, and if they don't see results, then they do get disheartened. And, and it's like, okay, so what more can we do? Yeah. So where are we falling short? What What is it that, have we got all our nutrition on point? Have we got everything else? Have we got our training? Have we got our sleep? We've got recovery? Because there's so many different aspects to, to getting a transformation than just going to the gym and training or doing cardio, for example. Um, I think the sleep aspect and recovery aspect, recovery for me is probably the, the biggest one that people fall short on. <clears throat> yeah. And kind of as you've said, when it comes to someone getting disheartened, a lot of that stems from a lack of results. And this is something that I've mentioned endless times with clients and I've done like Instagram posts on this and I have an article written on it. But like if we can envision this as like a cyclical approach how everything feeds into one another, is like your effort dictates your results, your results dictates your motivation, and then your motivation dictates your effort. Yeah. I mean, and then it's that self-perpetuating cycle. Whereas a lot of people shortchange themselves and kind of bottleneck their potential for progression by taking this one foot in, one foot out approach. And uh, yeah, they're doing it, but maybe they could be doing it better. Like they're getting their steps in most days. They're training at a decent capacity. They're mostly on track with their food. They see some results, but then that novelty wears off and the results aren't there to kind of justify it long-term. Whereas, although this sounds very kind of potentially shallow but from my experience this is what works best is when you just bite the bullet say right i'm going to commit everything i can to this over the first two three months if you do that and then you see good results you're like oh shit this is fun i'm going yeah. to keep doing this and then motivation takes back up and then you continue that self-perpetuating cycle of effort results motivation effort results motivation um so again it's like being overly reserved or overly cautious 
is a limiting factor for most people. And look, it is, I suppose, justified in some cases that like, look, you want to try something new, you're not sure if it's for you, but if you don't genuinely try it, you're not going to know if it's for you or not because you haven't given it a fair shot. I think also the the element of being overly aggressive <laughs> as well, yeah. um, because that still cycles through this exact same thing when you burn out. Yeah. Like, but no, I got absolutely nothing left to give. And I, I think, um, especially people that are first coming into this, is like, I want results straight away. Mm-hmm. And then they, you give them a nutritional guidance, etc. It's, it's a lot higher than I anticipated. And it's like, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> because yeah. guess what? If, if it's too high and you put weight on, we drop it. If it's too low, we put it back up, you know? And until until the the data has come back that I'm right or wrong and it's been confirmed, I can make no changes. Does that make sense? <clears throughs> so, it's, um, yeah, so I, I have, I've had in my time quite a few clients and like, so if you stick to nutrition, it's like, oh, I've, I've dropped it by a thousand, another thousand calories. I'm like, you done what? <laughs> no, no wonder you're losing weight. <laughs> like, um, and then they, they they ended up running out of uh, running out of steam and having nothing left in the tank. Yeah, happens a lot. You know what I mean? And yeah, again, it is just finding that finding out who it is in front of you, who their what their psychology is, mm-hmm. um, but also understanding like yeah, we don't want to, like people who begin this straight away shouldn't really be considering burnout. You know what I mean? Because you can always dial it back. You can always yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to give this hundred percent, and then after two or three months see results you're like right i actually have fucking two weddings coming up blah 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 this needs to take a bit of a backseat approach and at that stage that's fine because you've exuded those habits you've shown that you can get results and now we can kind of start to amalgamate and incorporate other lifestyle factors in so what i was saying isn't like this is how your life needs to be for the next five ten years but it's like let's get some momentum let's get the groundwork let's get the foundation set and then we can always dial it back. If you have upcoming family events, you have exploiters that you need to incorporate and and to account for, we can do that. I think a lot of people forget how adaptable coaching is. And that stems from probably a lack of communication as well. So actually saying like, right, these things are coming up, but not just seeing it as an on-off switch, but like this dimmer switch approach. You have a continuum, it's a spectrum of like, the amount that you can put in, you know what I mean? You can you can slide that up and down, whereas it's not like, right, 100% or a break. Hmm. Yeah, and that's, that's the reality of it, is like um, the the ability to, to scale it and the scalability of it, it, it's very vast. And I don't feel like people recognize that uh, and, and the, um, the scope that it has in that respect. Yeah. Yeah, um, so it's been a lot of uh, kind of psychology stuff, which I suppose, like, we were talking about this being like very intuitive and, and kind of off the cuff with regards topics to the stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I think that just shows like the fact this is the first thing that we brought up shows its importance, it shows its relevance. Like, I don't think we actually plan to talk anything psychology or, <laughs> or like coaching related. It was like, let's go in, let's give an introduction to who we are. Um, and this is where it's ended up. So that should like indicate to people, right, this is probably a pretty fucking important factor. Hmm. Um, mindset. Yeah. Mindset is uh, where are you at and, and what is it that you want? And I think mindset is is the under under uh, principle of everything. Um, yeah. Because if your mind isn't in it, 
your, 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 your body will give up before your brain does. You know, that's the way, that's the way I look at it, especially when you're prepping. Um, if you're, <laughs> if you're on that Stairmaster and it's like 10 more minutes, you're like, your body's like, I don't want to give it. Your brain's like, just keep going. Yeah. Um, and in your head, you're like, that's only five two-minute blocks. <laughs> <laughs> so you're doing all these maths in your head, just anything to distract yourself. Because <laughs> if, I, if I let my mindset shift, then I'm going to give up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. Good. Um, yeah, cool. So we want to keep these pretty brief anyway. How long has that been? About half an hour? Um, but yeah, so we are going to like kind of as mentioned, we are going to bring some guests on. We're going to go hopefully some higher production quality stuff um, because I can actually like see your apartment from here. We are very close. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we are getting some things in the work in terms of like studio production, which I think yeah. would be awesome. But I think for now, it's like, right, let's just... We want to get stuff out there. We don't yeah. want to procrastinate because like often perfection is the enemy of progress. So it's like, right, we could have continued to put this off. I could have just been like, you know what, I'm going to wait until I'm finished my shows. I'm waiting until I'm finished prep. I'm waiting until, um, like, that image that we put up, like, we have your stage shots for the medal. I don't have one <laughs> I don't have one yet. Yeah. But I'm not going to wait for one because I'm like, right, let's just get things moving. Um, yeah. And, again, that kind of dips into the psychology and mindset of, like, who we are and, and kind of how we approach things. Um, but yeah as I said the plan is to get a few guests on a few specific topics if anyone has recommendations we are all ears as I said this isn't incredibly structured there are a few things that we have principally written down that we want to discuss a few guests lined up um, but ultimately we want to provide value to you so let us know what that entails what would be of value to you as a listener Um, yeah, we'll we'll kind of equally if there's anything equally if there's anything that we've either discussed um do you want to know more on like drop us a message yeah uh, yeah so um i'll put the links so uh instagram is probably best place for both both of us is it yeah, yeah um i have a website in the works but that is being unduly um Stressful and slow. <laughs> um, but yeah, that will be up and running. But for now, Instagram uh, at Dara underscore Allen, D A R A G H, and the real Mr. Freshwater. Um, just want to double check that there wasn't anything else. Is that what you wanted to bring up? Nothing. Um, nothing off the top of my head. Yeah, sweet. I think that's a pretty productive initial chat. I think that's solid. Very happy with that. Nice. Right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, as mentioned, any other questions, anything you want us to delve into future episodes or any follow-up questions on what we have discussed, shoot us a message. Right. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care. We'll speak soon. Thanks,